My name is Craig Whitney. I'm one of the leaders here at Adventure, and uh, really honored that you would uh, spend part of your Christmas Eve, your Christmas celebration with us. Um, like most of you, I could be at home in bed about this hour. Uh, most of the time, I usually am. Uh, but I uh, volunteered uh, to speak at this service because I love Christmas Eve. I remember uh, going to Christmas Eve service uh, with my family as a child. My dad was a pastor, so we went to church a lot. And to be honest, there were times that I wished that I could have been somewhere else, maybe anywhere else. But not on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, I always wanted to be um, at that special event. Uh, the building was always packed with people. All of my friends would be there. Um, it was decorated with lights and candles, uh, which might not seem like a big deal to some of you for a church to have candles in it. Uh, but for my very uh, plain brown non-denominational church, that only happened once a year. Um, and that was on Christmas Eve. And we'd sing these carols and then someone would talk. And then Betty Crosley would always sing, Oh, Holy Night. And that was always the end of the service. And to this day, I can't hear that song in any setting by any person singing it um, without thinking of Betty and, and what that uh, felt like. And that may not seem that um, extraordinary to you. Maybe that sounds familiar to maybe what uh, your childhood Christmas Eves were like. Or maybe we're creating those childhood memories for you tonight if you're, you're a child or a young person. But... Um, I think that night for me uh, was significant because as a child, it was one of those moments in time when everything was right in the world and I was actually aware of it. I, I knew it. If I were Jewish, I'd describe it as shalom. Maybe some of you have heard that word. It's a word you may recognize as meaning peace, but it's really intended to communicate so much more than that. Shalom is complete peace, a feeling of contentment, of completeness, of wholeness, of well-being, of harmony. We are at peace, shalom, when our soul's needs are satisfied. How's your soul tonight? Like childhood me, do you find yourself at peace? Or like so many in our world today, do you find yourself needing peace? needing shalom. Remember, Hebrew shalom is much more than just peace, which means it's much more than the absence of war. Linguistically, it has no direct opposite. Now, that might be fascinating to the few of you that are English teachers, but to the rest of us, it has some pretty practical and pragmatic implications. You see, there are many things that can destroy peace. Where's peace when you're looking for the right job? Maybe looking for any job. Where's peace when someone in your family is gone too soon? Where's peace when you or someone you love is facing a, a health challenge? Where's peace when there's conflict in your friendships, your family, your marriage? Now, I'm not trying to ruin your Christmas Eve. I'm just pointing out and challenging you to consider how easily peace is taken away. What an amazing gift it is to have peace. And I have good news for you. Tonight is all about the gift of peace. That is why Jesus came to give us peace. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders 
And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Those words were written about 750 years before Jesus was born by a prophet named Isaiah. Now, it's easy for me to think, what would a man like that know about peace or about the absence of peace, especially amidst the kind of conflicts that we know today in our world and in our lives? History tells us Isaiah lived in Jerusalem when the nation of Israel was under attack from the Assyrian Empire. And while God brought a season of peace to that nation later in Isaiah's life, at the time that he most likely wrote this, he was living in a city that was constantly in turmoil and constantly in fear of attack from this great enemy. One who could bring peace into that context would be a prince indeed, and so much more. And this ancient prophet Isaiah says that prince of peace is coming. A prophecy is a tricky thing, especially prophecies that are over 2,500 years old. If you're a critical thinker, it'd be really easy to say, well, those words could have been said or, or could be imagined to be about anyone. And that would make sense if that was the only thing this prophet Isaiah ever said about Jesus. But a careful reading of Isaiah's prophecies compared to the historical record of Jesus shows us that there are more than 15 very specific prophecies that Isaiah made about the family that Jesus would be born in, about where Jesus would live, about the kinds of things that Jesus would say and do, and even specifically about the way that Jesus would die. If I could tell you all of those things about someone who was to be born 750 years from now and those things came true, would you believe me when I said that person would bring peace? Isaiah wasn't the only one to call Jesus the source of peace. The most prominent messengers in our Christmas pageant brought the same message. Ever been in a Christmas pageant? Ever know anyone that wanted to be shepherd number four in the Christmas pageant? I know I didn't. Now, of course, Mary and Joseph were, were the best roles in the pageant, but right behind them were the angels. And especially if you were the angel that got to announce the good news. And here is what the real angel said to shepherds one and two and three and four and however many there were on the hills that night. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Good news. Great joy. All people. It's an interesting expression. It could just say everyone. But the words are clearly all people groups. People of every kind, from every place, who look different and speak all kinds of languages and follow all kinds of cultures and customs. This good news will bring great joy to all of them. Why? Because peace has come and Jesus is the way to that Peace, because peace requires a peacemaker. You know this. You've had a fight, right? 
your brother, sister, a friend, your partner, your spouse, a, a co-worker? Can we not pretend that everything is warm and fuzzy and peaceful at Christmas? I don't keep a journal of Craig and Mandy's big fights. I'm hoping you don't either of your own relationships. But I would imagine that if such a thing existed, that about half of them would have something to do with Christmas. Family, gifts, parties, lights, trees. High expectations have a way of bringing out the worst in us and our relationships. How do you get back to peace? Someone has to want to make peace. One person goes to the other person and says, I don't want to fight anymore. I want to make peace. Now, this is where the whole Christmas story becomes amazing. Because if you're having a fight with God, you would think that you would be the one who would have to give in and go to him to make peace. But the good news of Christmas is that God wanted peace with you and for you so badly. He became the peacemaker. If we're honest with ourselves, we realize that most of the people close to us are willing to look past some of our shortcomings in order to be in a relationship with us. But Jesus brings peace to our relationship with him by going beyond just looking past our shortcomings. Jesus made a way for everything that would keep us far from him to be removed, except our willingness to come close. That's the opportunity that this night brings. Peace with God can be ours if we'll just come close. I don't know if this really happens to anyone in real life. You know that first kiss movie scene where one person leans in? but doesn't quite go all the way. And and then the scene pauses, waiting and wondering if the other person will lean in also. That's tonight. Jesus didn't just lean in. He traveled the distance of the galaxies, the gap from heaven and earth, from death to life, to bring peace. Amidst all the warmth and beauty of Christmas, there is also a cold and ugly reality. Making peace would ultimately cost Jesus his life. His voluntary death on the cross was the final price as he willingly said, I'll take all that's wrong and bear the blame to make it right. He made peace between God and all people once for everyone. The gift is yours if you'll just lean in and receive it. Making peace with God is intended to bring shalom, that perfect peace that fills our whole life. We won't experience shalom without letting God's peace bring peace to all of our relationships. I'm going to meddle just for a moment. Is there someone you'd rather not see in the next 48 to 72 hours that you know you're going to see because it's Christmas. Jesus wanted his peace to become your peace. 
He taught his followers, if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Tree's not an altar, but maybe the best and most costly gift you could give this Christmas is to leave all the stuff under the tree and make peace with someone you've been avoiding. One more thing. And we try very hard at Adventure not to talk about politics. But given the nature of the noise in our media and the new public square that is social media, I feel like this needs to be said. You can't love God and hate people, any people. And you can't have peace with God and promote the oppression of others. This good news, this great joy is for all people. In this time, the people of God's peace need to be the promoters of that peace for everyone. God's peace, shalom, is complete. It begins with our relationship with him. It extends to our relationship with others, and it fills our whole life. Jesus' shalom brings peace in all your circumstances because he is in all your circumstances. The night before he died, Jesus ate Passover dinner with his closest friends. It's probably the closest thing they knew to our Christmas dinner, that meal we all eat together every year. And Jesus knew his death was less than 24 hours away, and his friends would be devastated. So he told them, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus went on to explain that his spirit, the Holy Spirit, would come to them. Even though they would no longer see him, they would never be alone. Peace is not found in the perfection of our circumstances. Peace comes from the presence of the one who is greater than our circumstances. Is there anything trying to destroy your peace this Christmas? Worry about money or jobs, struggles with your health or someone you love, uncertainty of the future, not knowing what tomorrow brings, thinking about these things. The anxious feelings they cause can destroy a circumstantial peace. But this Bible describes God's peace as transcending all understanding. It does because He does. By faith, we trust in a God who is greater than anything we can see or know or do on our own. He is bigger than our circumstances, and His ways are beyond our circumstances. More than 2,000 years ago, Jesus said, There will be wars and rumors of wars. What's happening in our world today is not good, but it's not new either. There is a Prince of Peace who brings shalom perfect peace to all people in all times, in all circumstances. He is Jesus Christ, the Lord of all creation, born on this night in a small village to a teenage girl who was willing to say, may your word to me be fulfilled. Tonight, may God's word to you be fulfilled. May you lean in and experience 
the peace of God. And together, may we be the people who don't just sing the songs of Christmas by candlelight, but live the gift of Christmas peace every day. Will you pray with me? Lord, we are grateful for the gift of peace. The gift that you came to bring us on this night. We're grateful that you have given us peace with you. That whatever would stand in the way between us having a relationship with you, you have removed. That's something we could not do on our own that you have done for us. And we're thankful for that. You have given us by your spirit the ability to extend that peace to our relationships. It's not always easy. It doesn't mean that others always treat us right. But Lord, you have given us the ability to forgive in the way that we've been forgiven. May we extend that forgiveness during this season generously. And Lord, your peace extends into our circumstances. Again, they aren't always good, but you are always with us. Lord, I pray for those who might be here tonight whose circumstances are causing them to worry, to fear, to struggle. I pray that in this moment they would lean in and find your peace. And Lord, finally, I pray for those who might be here tonight who've never experienced your peace. Tonight, this Christmas is an opportunity to lean in, to receive and to open the gift of peace with you. Lord, I pray that tonight would be a night that they would say yes and receive that gift. Lord Jesus, we pray in your name. Amen. As we conclude our service, we want to have an opportunity together to share in communion the simple bread and the cup that remind us that Jesus came to bring peace with us and God and that that peace cost him ultimately his life. And so as our servers will be coming and passing those trays, if you're a believer in Jesus, we invite you to participate in this tonight as a celebration of the gift that we have received from him. As after the trays are passed tonight, they'll be passing a, a second basket that will have lit candles in it. We just want to invite each of you to take one of those candles and uh, we'll be holding those as we sing our closing song in just a few minutes. So please, if you're a follower of Jesus, take this opportunity tonight to participate in communion and remember the gift that you've received from Jesus.